You're listening to the Sip and Vibe podcast, hosted by your babe, Alexis Amato. I'm a former struggling bartender and makeup artist who transformed herself to a six-figure career boss who traveled globally in hotel sales. Now, I'm a master mindset coach and a CEO of my own life with three businesses that I built from the ground up. I'm here to push you past your limits and give you the inspiration you need to say goodbye to what's holding you back and hello to the dream life ahead of you. By implementing mindful practices into your daily life, you will step out of the box and start reaching towards your boss babe within. So sit back, take a sip, and let's vibe. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Sip and Vibe podcast hosted by your babe, Alexis Amato. Today, I have such a special guest on here with me. Um, I read her book back a few months ago, and I absolutely loved it. And I reached out to her and I was like, please let me interview you because if you have not read this book, it is called Followers. And the book is, well, we'll get into what it's about, but really um, it has so much to do with influencers and social media and personally with what it's almost like scary to think of like where social media could go from here and um, how much it already fulfills so many people's lives with um, the fact of being busy and all of that scrolling. And so I just really, this book just really um, had a, you know, took a place in my heart and I really wanted to reach out to her. So without any further ado, um, I'd like to welcome Megan Angelo, author of Followers. Hi, Megan. Hi, Alexis. Thank <laughs> you. That was the sweetest intro. Thank you. <laughs> good, good. Well, this is so great. And so you're, you, this is your first novel, right? Yeah, this is my first novel. I was um, a journalist, a blogger, a columnist, all those you sort know. of media jobs before this. So yeah. Okay. So what were you a blogger from? So, oh my goodness. I started blogging um, back in 2008. I worked for AOL on like a version of AOL that is totally defunct now and is no more. But you know, I, my dream in life was to work in magazines, like the Devil Wears Prada whole oh, thing. Oh, gosh. Yes. And then so I had a job in magazines, and then everything started to just kind of die in magazines with the recession. So yeah. that's how I got into blogging. And then I eventually- And with social media. And with social media. Well, it's funny because I was blogging- really before, like I started right before Twitter and Instagram kind of even were powerful forces. So I was like a true internet dinosaur. Um, and then I did a lot of work for, for Glamour and the New York Times before I went away and, and wrote the book. So yeah. Oh, wow. So that is quite the resume. <laughs> and like, no, I totally feel you because, well, I was in hotel sales before I started my own social media company. And, you know, I, with the pandemic, basically hotel sales sank and was non-existent at some point to the point where I went to part-time, then they furloughed me. And so I was like, okay, this is, I need to like step in and this needs to be my job. And I was so grateful to have brand collaborations already, but I did, I wasn't really appreciating them before because it was more of a hobby for me. And then I just like, was like, I have to make it a job. But anyways, I know how the, the, 
the switch of that is. Um, yeah, you're always hustling in, yeah. in these types of jobs, right? It's just like industries are just like burning buildings behind us that we're always running out of and being like, okay, what's the next building that's not on fire yet? I know, exactly. Um, so I want to start this off because one of my followers had a question and I think it's a really good start off question. And so this is from Erica with shelf.inspiration and she has a really cute, um, profile and she wants to know where you got the idea from the book and how it came about. So, um, the book, you know, is kind of a huge wild story that's about like women who want to be famous. Okay. Wait, do you want me to keep going? No, keep going. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I was like, I'm, I'm thinking there's like a delivery guy at the door. <laughs> yeah. No, there is someone at the door. Sorry guys. So I just had to unlock it's it. Okay. It's okay. okay. Keep going, though. Of course. Um, okay. I'll just start that again. Um, so followers, is kind of this big wild story. The shortest way to describe it is that um, kind of in the present day, it's about two girls who want to get social media famous. And in the future, it's about a girl who is really famous and, and wants to get unfamous. So there's kind of a lot going on, but the original idea came from a really small place, which was just that I was writing in my diary and cursive and thinking like, oh, someday my son will read this and he'll think it's so funny and I'm such a riot. And then I was like, oh, he probably won't be able to even read cursive, right? Um, so I wanted to write something that went into the future, but that felt really grounded in like our everyday stuff and who we are. And then the way it turned into such a social media centric tale was just me kind of being like, okay, this is the area of the world that I'm going to focus on and see where I think it's going. And naturally, I had a lot of thoughts built up from all the things you think when you're a blogger and a writer and someone who interviews famous people, but that you can never say in a professional capacity. So yeah, that's kind of where it all came from. That's awesome. And she she also wanted to know if it was inspired by any other books or movies or any other creation in the world but it seems like it was more from a simple act of you writing cursive yeah I mean it was that and it was a lot of my career stuff as far as um pop culture references it's funny because the book gets shelved a lot as like sci-fi or dystopia no one really knows yeah because you know it has the future element and stuff okay. and, and a lot of people compare it to Black Mirror which people started, okay, so people started talking to me about Black Mirror really early on in the process of writing the book. And I was like, okay, I better not watch Black Mirror because it's yeah. going to just like, you know, invade my thoughts. But now that I've watched Black Mirror, it definitely, you know, has some connective tissue to that. I also thought a lot about The Truman Show, which was a movie that blew my mind when I was young. And that's like Jim oh, Carrey. Living That's in funny a that you say yeah. that because as I was reading it, I definitely felt the Truman Show type deal where you know there's one man living his life and everyone is like looking around, and he's like not even realizing what he's gotten himself into. Basically, exactly. I think that was like such a formative movie for our generation because at least I remember like I was a kid when I saw it. And you didn't have social media then. You didn't know, like, what movies were about before you went to see them. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I'm sure it's going to be, like, Liar Liar or, like, <laughs> Dumb and – or not Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber. 
And um, then I went and it was this crazy, mind-blowing experience. So it really imprinted on me. And I think a lot of people who grew up in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And I feel the same way. When I saw the Truman Show, I wasn't realizing it was a drama and not a like funny movie that I'm so used to Jim Carrey playing. So that's really good. And then I also wanted to point out, for those of you who have not read the book yet, um, what cursive has to do with the book is that, you know, in the book, um, one of the daughters, which it's actually, isn't it? It's um, Floss's daughter, right? Is reading a little, well, we can't give out the ending, but <laughs> at that time, Floss's daughter is reading, reading and she can't read cursive and it's the year 2051. And that's so funny because I was talking to my girlfriend who has also read your book and she's a first, first grade teacher and they don't teach cursive anymore in some schools. Some schools do, but a lot of schools don't. And so that's just like so spot on. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. That. Yeah. And so I would like to hear from you. Like I know what my, um, and this will kind of lead into like more of what the book is about, but I know what my opinions are on both characters, but can you describe to me what you really wanted to get out of the characteristics, what you wanted your readers to leave with the characteristics of both Ar Orla and Floss? Sure. So, I mean, the relationship between Orla and Floss is really like, you know, Orla is kind of the puppeteer. Um, she's a blogger and she knows how to game the internet. And so when Floss comes to her and says, I want to get famous, Orla knows how to do that. Yeah. Um, Really, when I thought about their personalities, though, Orla, for me, like, I really relate to Orla in that um, I always felt like, oh, there's other people around me who are, like, getting the dreams that I want to achieve. Like, I always was jealous mm -hmm. of people who were getting to be a writer faster than me and stuff like that. And I feel like, you know, I've definitely mellowed out in my 30s, but in your 20s, it's very easy to slip into that thing where you feel like everyone's getting ahead and you're not. And social media really contributes to that because everyone can make it look like they're the most successful and happiest person in the world, right? Yeah. So that's what I was really meditating on when I thought about Orla. And then Floss, I think, is a character that like most people who pick up this book can't relate to, but they feel like they know her from watching the Kardashians or following Kylie Jenner or whatever. She's just, I really wanted to think about what kind of person wants to be so famous that like 200 million people, you know, watch every time they put their lip liner on. So that was what I was thinking about when I created her. Yeah. And was there... I'm curious where you got the names Orla and Floss from because they're so different and um, I haven't heard them really in social media or in books before. So I was just wondering if there's anything behind that. Thank you for asking because I love names. Okay. Names <laughs> is like my favorite part of any character. Yeah. Um, so Orla is an easy one. I actually, I have, let's see, I have two sons and a daughter and um, that means I have about 60,000 leftover baby girl names that I'm not using. And <laughs> Orla was one of those. I just, I think it's really pretty. I um, think it is too. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And then Floss obviously took a bit more thought because I was like, okay, it has to feel like, you know, I, now I'm trying to think of like, we don't have too many like one name influencers out there right now. We have a lot of like really good um, syncopatic, like 
two names, like Gigi Hadid, that's like a great name, right? Yeah. Um, but I wanted her to have the potential to be a single name person like Madonna or Oprah and like where you would never need her last name again. So it had to be a really singular first name. Um, and I had a great aunt who I actually never knew. She was my grandmother's twin, but she went by Flossie. Um, her name was Florence. And I was like, Flossie, really? Flossie. And then I was just like, Floss. It has that, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. very like, hey, I totally get that. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Thank you. Um, that's so crazy. And so for those followers who, those followers, haha, <laughs> for those of you who um, are not familiar with the book, so really it goes through, you know, like she said, Orla is this, um, she really is more behind the scenes best friend where Floss is kind of like the name, but at the end, they end up becoming like influencers together. And so this is really like, the book is really going um, between the year 2051, which they're basically like not not friends anymore, and the year 20, I can't think of what the other year 15. is. 2015. Mm -hmm. um, was there a specific reason why you picked those two dates? And is it because of 1551? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, it definitely, that made it easier to remember. Um, so I and think- And here I am already forgetting. <laughs> no, no, that's literally what I thought. And I was like, why can't I think of this right now? That's okay, that's okay. <laughs> no, I, I thought for a while about what specific years it should be. I knew I wanted it to be 35 years apart because I, again, I used cursive kind of as my rubric there and was like, okay, how long realistically do I think this would be phased out? And 35 years was what I came up with. Um, I picked 2015 because I was writing this book in um, 20, I started to really get into it in like mid 2016 and then I wrote it until 2018. And I knew I couldn't start it in like 2016 because there was just way too much. I wanted it to feel pre-Trump, pre that whole presidential election. And then mm -hmm. he kind of gets into it later, but that all came much later in the process. Right yeah. at that point, I was like, whoa, the world is way too distracting right now. I need to go back to 2015. And it was funny because like, it didn't feel like a long time ago, but to get myself in the mood, I kept listening to, uh, Taylor Swift's 1984 album, because mm -hmm. um, I or 1989 rather, yeah. because I was just like, okay, remember what it felt like not to know about any of this, and then I would just listen to 1989 and get back in that headspace. Yeah, that must have been hard. And you know, I was I wanted to ask. I was going to wait till later, but it's kind of come up now. Like now, thinking about because you wrote this book before the pandemic, before all of these, um, you know, activism. Uh, you know, activists have started and all of that. Do you think that if you would have gone back, that would have really influenced the book and you would have changed some stuff? That's a good question. Um, I, I like mean, based it on a pandemic instead of a spill. Oh my God. <laughs> well, it's really funny, right? Because yeah, like you said, obviously no one knew the pandemic was coming. And um, in a way now it makes me think about the spill because this isn't really a spoiler, but just like, the way the central dark event in the book unfolds is very much like, oh, the first day something's going on. Everyone's just like, well, this is probably just for one day. And then it's like, well, maybe it's just for one week. And then it just keeps going and going. Yeah. So yeah, that was interesting. But um, I don't think I totally escaped 
the current climate influencing the book mm -hmm. because you can see that by the end, I mean, like I did sort of account, I had to account for like, okay, well, you know, this was the president and this was sort of the climate. And so it gets in there a little bit, but, yeah. but it was really interesting because like when I was writing, I would often think like, am I going too dark? Does this seem too crazy? And then I would go into the other room and look at the news for the first time that day and be like, oh no, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I can go even bigger actually. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, the spill, it's, it's not actually mentioned too, too much. I mean, it's mentioned the spill, but it like, you don't really know for those not who haven't read it yet. It's basically the, what started, what is now going on in 2051, which is basically influence ha influencers and others have absolutely no privacy. And really it's been really, you kind of made it that it becomes like a divide between the people who are allowing the government to handle everything and then those who just don't want social media at all anymore. How much does that really um, reflect your true feelings of where you think that social media is going to be going from here? You know, it's so funny because at the end of like all this research and writing, I still don't really know where it's going but like I think what I was trying to explore was just like what could ever make me as a person get off of social media forever yeah. and I don't I I kind of think that it would take a huge scary event where I'm not even going to say a bunch of my data got stolen or tracked because like that's already happening to us right and we're just too kind of overwhelmed to push back against the fact that like companies track our location and look at what we click on and all this stuff. It's just, it's happened too fast and on too broad of a scale for us to even do anything about it. Um, so it would have to be something I think as emotionally devastating as what happens in the spill yeah. um, where you're kind of embarrassed, let's put it that way yeah. to see yeah. what gets out. But yeah. on the other hand, I just think like, Okay, so I don't see myself getting off social media, but like, won't it be weird if we're all 80 and we're on TikTok? Well, I guess <laughs> not, because actually grandma's killing on TikTok, so that's a bad I example. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I always say this, I've said this in interviews before, but like, when I got onto Facebook, I thought I was just going to be on it for like two years, just to see like what other guys at my college were doing, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and then, you know, I didn't think my wedding pictures would be on it. I didn't think I'd be talking about my kids on Instagram. So it's kind of like, are we all just going to do this forever? Because in some ways, I think for those of us who grew up at least a little bit before the internet, it still feels like maybe this is a phase, but it yeah. just keeps going. No, I agree. And like as an influencer myself, it's so crazy to think about. And one reason why I'm so appreciative of my social media business and now being like a mindset coach too because you never know what's going to happen if there is a spill with Instagram or anything. And Instagram, for some reason, Facebook never hit it with being able to make money off of Facebook. But Instagram is killing it. Like, I have paid from hotels, like, we're paying, like, you know, people like the Bucket List family, you know, thousands of dollars to come to the properties. Not only, and on top of that, you get to stay, you have a four-day free stay. And so these these really big ones that are like a million plus are really capitalizing. But like, what would happen if 
Instagram goes down, like I know I would be losing, you know, multiple four figures a month myself. And so um, I can't even imagine like being someone like um, one of those families that have built their entire life around Instagram and they make all of their money on Instagram. Like what, what would they do if it goes down? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, do you ever like, okay, so that sounds like really, you know, scary, but I'm just wondering, like, do you ever think in your line of work about like, do you ever feel that over your shoulder? Like, okay, what if everyone decides like tomorrow that they don't like Instagram anymore? Like what's my next move going to be? Do you feel like you have to like plan on that level? I, um, I mean, for me personally, like I decided that I am going to stick with what I like doing and I tapped into the clubhouse thing and all of that. Um, it's not, doesn't seem like more of a, it doesn't really seem right now as a platform that you can make money from. Um, so I feel like I would, I don't know, like, I feel like I would end up relying on, you know, my coaching skills and my photography skills. And I'm so grateful that like, it's not the only thing that I have. And I would hope that if something like that happens, it'll be like a new platform that is similar to Instagram that we could easily like start. Um, or maybe it'll go back to like more writing publications, which yeah. I want. I mean, I started off at, with a real blog. That's what Full of Sip started off as. Right. Um, and then I ended up not writing my blog anymore because no one asked for blogs. No one was paying for blogs. And so I was like, okay, like I'm going to go with the trend. Um, but I have always thought of like, okay, like when the next best thing comes out, if I start early, like maybe I can like get big, mm-hmm. but I'm just not sh- like TikTok, but like TikTok, like it was fun for a minute, but like, that's just not me. Like making videos in my house all day, like not my thing. Like it's just really not. Um, so I just think it's like up to, up to everybody. Like That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like you've already done it. I mean, there's a whole generation of influencers like you who started in the blog world. Yeah. And that was, you know, it looked like that was just going to be the thing, but you're right. Everyone's kind of made the jump to Instagram. And, and I guess before that it was Zanga. (laughs) There used to be Zangas that people were like obsessed with. So exactly. Yeah. It's, um, it's weird because I have a lot of girlfriends that I started off with, um, blogging and like, we kind of all started around the same following and, a lot of them have more of a fo- uh, following than me. Like I'm still at, you know, 13 and some change and they're at 50, a thousand, a hundred thousand followers. But I've talked to a lot of them and actually we make similar amounts of money hmm. because I do a lot. Like, first of all, I'm a professional photographer. So people are also not paying me only to like post on in- like as an influencer, but to do be- more behind the scenes, like testimonial videos that I don't have to put- post at all on my feed and, um, you know, other type of, uh, photography stuff where they just want like a recipe shot, but also I don't need to share it. And so I think it's just like really getting, no matter what your following is or who you are as an influencer, it's really about finding what your niche is and like what you're good at and why people want to follow you and just going with that and not letting the competition, like someone like Floss, who just wants to be famous and wants it, wants it, wants it, like not allowing that to get into your way of, you know, growing yourself as a brand. Mm -hmm. That's very sage. That's exactly (laughs) what Orla needed to try to keep in mind. (laughs) Good perspective. 
No, I think about that because I feel like I used to have more of a floss mentality where I wanted to people to know who I was and all of that. And then when I went through a lot of inner work with myself the last couple of years, found Walt and all of that, it's like, I'm just so happy. Like, I don't, I don't care about other people knowing who I am. I just want to give and, um, you know, help others become influencers now themselves, which is why I became like an influencer coach. So yes, I was listening to your, I found the episode about like your journey. Oh, good. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. 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 I have like a very crazy, like up and down journey where I started getting really popular in California and then I, I made a move and I, at the same time of making a move, I took a really big job on for the Hamilton princess in Bermuda. And I was like, boss, girl. And I kind of put my blog on the burner. And that really showed because my following came to a halt. And it really just was last like year and a half after pandemic that I'm like, okay, I need to start this over again. And it's also something that I love to do. Great content. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I have a juicy question. Oh, boy. I was thinking about this. I am very into like, I go see a naturopath. So I'm not too keen on doctors. And I know some things are very needed um, for doctors. But I want to know if the pharmaceutical so so in the book, Floss is a like famous pharmaceutical girl or Floss's daughter is this famous pharmaceutical like Basically, people follow her around, and that's like her only brand collaboration. Mm-hmm. And it's called Hysterol. Is that is that how you? Say yeah, it? I say Hysterol, but Hysterol? yeah, it's so okay. funny. Everyone always says Hysterol, and I'm Hysterol. like, then I guess okay. that should be Hysterol. it. Hysterol. <laughs> so she basically wakes up, and her followers see her take this pill every day. It, is that like a metaphor at all for how the pharmaceutical industry pushes medicine on people these days? And how do you feel about that? Mm. That is a big question. Well, I'll tell you where I was coming from, really. Um, I wasn't thinking about the pharmaceutical industry as much as I was thinking about kind of parenting and being a parent and how the scariest thing in the world um, is when your child isn't happy and you don't know what to do about it, you know, whether to medicate them, whether to therapize them, whether to just leave them alone and try not to make them feel like you're noticing. Uh, I mean, my children are young, so I'm projecting into the future a little bit. But um, where that really came from was thinking about the fact that like Marlo, Floss's daughter, would have grown up as an influencer from day one. I thought a lot about like Northwest and the Kardashian kids Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, you know, where you don't really get to grow into it or choose it. It's just the life, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I won't spoil it, but she, the way she comes to this brand collaboration is that she acts out in a big way and um, you never really know how much of her mom's motivation for putting her on the drug is to really lock up a great brand collab for her that's going to keep the family in the on-camera community indefinitely. And how much of it is maybe that she's like really scared that her daughter did this thing. And like, is she violent? Is she unhappy? Should we do this? Um, And at the same time, you know, post the spill, you would have, parents raising kids and who are more in tune than ever to like 
um, shit, is this kid happy? Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have cursed. No, okay. you're fine. Okay, okay, all right. I cuss on this. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. I throw okay. that bomb. So yeah. That wasn't even that bad of one. I'm being really Catholic right now. Um, okay. But like, you know, just I think the parents who were kids during the spill would parent themselves in a really like helicopter y managing the emotions of their children way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I didn't I didn't think as much about big pharma itself. But obviously, when you look at the fact that like Marlo is a star who's always on camera, the network is partially owned by the government, and her sponsor is this big pharma company, you can kind of see where I'm going with like all of these enormous forces coming together to have even more control in the future. Yeah. yeah. And that's, um, yeah, that's really good that you brought up the whole mental health and all of that. And I think it's, you know, without spoiling, you know, exactly what happened when Marla was younger and for her to get this, um, I just want to say that I think it's a real clear reflection of even what's going on now is that, you know, younger kids, you know, because when we were in high school, you know, we didn't have TikTok, we didn't have this, we didn't have this. And now kids, like when something happens or they have bad political views, not bad political views, but different political views, people are blasting them. And so you could be, you never know who's filming you. You never know what's going on. And at any point, it's almost like you're walking on eggshells constantly now, especially if you're like an influencer. Like I know I decided on my page to not talk about anything political just because I just didn't want to, you know, make any followers upset or not upset. And I didn't want anyone to think I was like, but some did and they lost followers and, you know, something similar could have happened with or happened with Marlo and the fact that they thought she was crazy after this happened. <laughs> I see that a lot. You know, I, I know that influencers um, struggle with like how much of themselves to reveal, especially with political stuff. And I, you know, I'm not someone who pays the bills influencing every month. So like when I talk about my political beliefs, the worst thing that's going to happen to me is I might lose a friend in conversation or something like that, but it doesn't affect my bottom line. So it is interesting because you want your followers, like your, fo your followers should be following you because it's a sign of loyalty and saying like, I, I want to see the whole you, you know, I appreciate your relatability, but sometimes then if your political views come out, you know, it's, they don't accept it. So, yeah. but I, yeah, but I've, I too have had, you know, cause I'm coming from a place where I was a journalist and I was taught to be objective. And then as, you know, in the course of promoting this book, I've had to get online and become more um, like Present. public facing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, but I just kind of made a decision early on where I was like, I am going to say what I want politically. And well, Hey, if you read the book, you'll know. <laughs> I yeah. don't know where I stand. So yeah. no, yeah. I know. Um, oh, this is so good. I could like sit and talk to you about this all day, but I want to get, get on and cause I know I can't, you know, be on here with you forever. <laughs> um, staying on like the influencer path. Well, I mean the whole book's about influencers, but I want to know because you have them gaining this following these best friends in 2015 they're gaining this following they're gaining this influence they have a tv show at one point and they're sticking in this little apartment and i thought 
Okay, one, I wanted to ask why you did that. But also, I think it has so much to do with the realism of influencing because so many of us, I mean, I do have like, this is like the nicest place I've had. It's two bedroom, two bedroom. Like mine's different. But I, other people look at you and have this like amazing life. And I know I've seen, you know, somebody who has, you know, 100,000 followers in this awesome life. And then they are in like a small apartment. And I don't know if it's because, you know, the, the income that comes in is so inconsistent and why it's like that or, um, but I just thought that that was really interesting that you kept it. Is was there a reason why? Um, okay. So I'm laughing about you mentioning this because actually, I mean, I shouldn't jinx it, but I'm in the course of developing the book for television right now. Okay. And, um, my producer, just was like, why would they still be in this apartment, Megan? That doesn't make any sense. She was like, we have to I knew it was going to become a movie. I told you. Oh, thank you. I mean, I hope it does. I always talk about developing for television as like March Madness. Like I'm only in like the first 32 games right now. So, but um, anyway, so it's funny because when I put it in the book, this almost feels like a relic of an earlier time, but I was thinking a lot about that phase that Taylor Swift had where she lived in Manhattan And like the paparazzi knew where her apartment was. And like every day we were getting a steady stream of like Taylor Swift takes New York like outfits. Like you can picture her with her little purse like in the crook of her elbow. Yeah. This was probably again like 2014, 2015. Um, And in the book, they kind of, well, someone tweets their address. I mean, they essentially get docs, but it turns into a way for people to find them. Like people go gawk at their apartment um, and sort of like line up outside it. So I I kept them there because I figured that they would um, see the value in that, that like they were almost like an attraction that people could come and be like, this is where Floss and Orla live. And then, you know, I think that sometimes reality shows can take a tack where they're like, you know, look at these three in this little apartment, even though, you know, they could be in a huge thing. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of uh, layers of like working different angles, but, but yeah, I mean, if my producer listens to this, she's going to be like, that's the last straw. We're (laughs) moving them out of this apartment. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, I I definitely got like almost a friend's vibe because, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, even as you are going along with the entire show, no one like leaves the city until the very, very, very end. And so I just found that, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. Same thing with um, how you met, how I met your mother. It's like, it, it almost is fitting to their personalities because if you are New Yorker, like you don't really care where you live as much as the fact that you're in New York. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, okay. And then I also wanted to know if there was any significance of you. This was somebody else actually asked this, but I forgot to write down who it was. If there's any significance of turning Atlantic City into Atlantis. Uh, I, okay. So I've always just found Atlantic city, like really fascinating and always wanted to write something set there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, it just was the place that I could picture working for this like little area of the country that would secede. And, um, I think that was truly when, a lot of things came together at once, but that was definitely in my phase where I was like feeling very influenced by the news and thinking about how, you know, it kind of used to be like Trump's town and then like <laughs> it kind of, 
went downhill. And so it was just a lot of different things coming together. But just as a backdrop, I think Atlantic City is just like delicious. It's so cinematic and there's there's so many nooks and crannies to get into. Can you believe I've never been? You've never been? No. My family used to vacation in Wildwood and Seaside Heights. So oh, yeah. I love all those shore, just not like Atlantic City, which is weird. So I've passed it. I've just never gone through it or been there. Yeah. I'm a big Jersey Shore girl too. Um, <laughs> and it's, no, it's, I mean, it's a sight to behold. It's just, it's really interesting. You should go sometime, but you should also go with like expectations of like, yeah. well, I mean, you're in hotel sales, so you'll have a lot more nuanced <laughs> to say about it than, yeah. than I do. But no, yeah. I've already like, I know all the hotels that are there and stuff. Yeah. I've had friends that have worked for them. I just haven't been myself. Interesting. Yeah. You got to go. Yeah. Um, so I thought this is so random, but I just thought of it the other day because I was clicking through Netflix. So there's a show followers on Netflix. That's mm-hmm. like a Japanese show. Does that have anything to do with your book? Because it's two best friends. So I was just wondering if it was like a Japanese foof or something like that. Wouldn't that be amazing? That way. <laughs> I was just like, well, it's that's about my show. And we said, like, I was like, yes. okay, I don't know if this was like influenced no. by this book or what. I got to ask her. Yeah. No, that's actually, I'm, I'm glad to, uh, to address that because because my agent picked up on that too one day and had a minor freak out when she realized, um, because I think I can say this, the show, I'm actually in my second round of, of developing um, followers for TV. And the first time it was getting developed, it looked like it was going to be on Netflix. And my agent was really nervous about that. Um, but no, it has nothing to do with it. Although I really, when I get a minute, I really want to watch it because like. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. This might be your sign from the universe that maybe it would be better to be on a different network. Yes, I think so. A sign <laughs> from the universe, the lawyers, everybody. <laughs> that's, what, that's what's coming to me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's super excited. And um, I also wanted to bring up their, I can't think of the name of it. I was trying to look it up, but there was a show where Natalie Portman played like a student and was it a student or a professor? And she actually, they did a, I want it to, I want to say it's called the circle and she wakes up and they follow her with videos and she has no time to herself. And so I was wondering if you had seen that before. I'm almost okay. positive it's called the circle. It never made big screen. Okay. Wait, so there is a book and a movie called the circle that's, um, the novels by Dave Eggers and it's about so Emma Watson is the is it Emma the Watson yes. I get them oh my god I feel so embarrassed I literally get these two um, mixed up all the time I think they look alike but no 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 it's fine and actually yes, I'm, I'm glad you bring it up because I should have said that um, in terms of ins- influences I loved the book the circle okay. Okay. It, and you would love it too if okay. you like followers you should go grab that immediately I didn't even realize it was a book I just thought oh, it was like a, a wonderful book yeah okay. it's it's by Dave Eggers and um, yes, it's sort of like Emma Watson works for the company that's yes. doing all this like live streaming stuff. Yeah, it's great though. And um, I think the reason it was so influential to me in writing followers was that I hadn't read a ton of books that had that little bit of a sci-fi angle, but that it was just a real sort of regular woman at the center and not like, you know, Katniss Everdeen. It kind of yeah. is like grounded back down to earth and it made me feel like, oh, I could tell this story in this way. So I love the book, The Circle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not um, to be confused with The Circle on Netflix. That's actually on here because <laughs> I wanted to ask show. you like what you think of that show because me and my best friend, Alyssa, love that show. 
okay, I feel like you're going to be really disappointed in me, but I couldn't get You think it's it. annoying, right? Because it's annoying. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to blame social media here. I feel like my attention span was just twitching a little and I couldn't, I you couldn't get into it. Everything off of the screen. So I totally get it. Like, trust me, my Walt can't watch it at all. Like he's like, no, uh, he I don't know what it is. I thought I would love it. I will say kind of coming at this material from a different angle, um, what I have really been loving lately is, have you watched these Generation Hustle um, documentaries on HBO Max? No, but we have HBO Max, so I'll definitely watch it. Okay, you'll love them. We're if getting you... the Sopranos right now. <laughs> oh, well, then, yes. This will be a little bit of a... I've never seen it, and so we're It's so good, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is like, if you liked the Fire Festival stuff... It's oh, all scams. It. Every oh, single yeah. documentary is just like a scam. And I'm okay, just like, great, 45 it. minutes of a scam. I love it. <laughs> Perfect. Just what I want to see. Okay. Yes. I will definitely watch that. And then I just did want to bring up while we're on the TV show, just because you brought it up, I brought it up. So a lot of people do um, compare the book to like a Black Mirror episode. So what do you have to say to that? And in your mind, what is so Black Mirror about it? So, yeah, a lot of people compare it specifically to the episode Nosedive. That's which, the one that I did. Yeah, too. that's everybody. And it's, I mean, I'm just going to be totally honest with you. After I finished the book, I finally watched Nosedive and I was like, oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a little. Um, I, that's and the I, one where they're rating people, right? Yes. Be like nice and kind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's Bryce Dallas Howard is is the star of the episode and she kind of unravels because she's more concerned with like her rating on the app than her real life. So yeah, yeah, I I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I mean, and when people, people do compare it to black mirror a lot, um, which I think is obviously a great compliment. Um, I think it's like followers isn't quite as dark as black mirror. So I always tell people, yeah. I mean like everybody, well, I, I, yeah, I'm like, does everybody get out alive? Yeah, everybody gets out alive. <laughs> for the most part. I mean, there's some redemption. And I think that, like, ultimately, it's kind of a hopeful story because it. what I think I needed to take away from it just as a person was, like, okay, we can go to all these dark places with social media. But, like, at the end of the day, we always have a choice. So Black Mirror doesn't always get you there. Black yeah. Mirror can sometimes be like, whoa, I, I got to have a drink now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm so happy to have you on here. And um, I would just really love to hear like what's coming up for you. I know you kind of like mentioned if you can give us any sort of sneak peek on what's going on with your producer. And then I also know that you are in the midst of writing two books. So if you want to give us any sneak peeks on that, I would love to hear any and all information. Yeah, thank you for asking. So yeah, I can't I can't say too much about the TV stuff, just that it's in very early stages. And um, I I mean, I'm working with some really talented people. I'm very excited about that. But I will definitely keep you posted. Hopefully it works out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And yeah, the book. So I'm mostly focused right now on a book about um, it's set in present day, but it's kind of all about the fallout from something that happens on AOL Instant Messenger in 1998. Oh, my God. That's perfect. (laughs) So it's, you know, it's like high school girls and now they're grown up, but they did something back in the day on IM that was really bad. Um, And I can see, you know, I'm just kind of, 
I'm kind of filling in some of the gaps that I didn't get to with followers. Like I'm going in the opposite direction. I was thinking about the future of tech with followers. And now I'm kind of going back for our generation and being like, yeah, like you were saying earlier, we kind of got to go to high school in a vacuum where like nobody taped our worst moments. We didn't tweet anything before our brains were fully formed and our, our sense of compassion maybe was fully formed. Um, but what is interesting to me about that is like, that means that we all get to sort of remember the way we were um, ourselves in a certain way, but like probably other people didn't remember us as quite that nice. So it's basically about a pair of best friends who one kind of thinks, oh, it was her fault. And the other one thinks, oh, it was her fault. And then they're unpacking like what really happened before um, a mysterious force can come back and destroy their lives. So. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just, just throw that right in at the end. <laughs> so you're writing two books at the same time or did you, have you finished one and now you're kind of like working on the other? No. So that's my one book. I'm trying to think of which two books did I put on Instagram or something that I was working on two books. Cause I have like a million other things started, but that's. Uh, oh, I want to say I read an article. Oh yeah. Well that was, wow. That was really big of me to be like, I'm working on two books. I don't even know what the Megan Angelo who was interviewed that day because yeah, I have done here to. about your two new books that you're writing. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what it probably was? Sometimes when I start new projects, I work on two back and forth until one kind of eats the other. So the other one, I'm sure the other one I was working on was what I hope to finish after this next book, which is a book about like moms um, who are kind of interconnected in a town. And That's what it was. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. They yeah. they all go to the yeah they all go to the same bar studio and they get recruited to yeah. kind of avenge like an ages old uh, fight between two old women in the town who may not be exactly what they seem. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I'm perfect. so good at pitching books, aren't I? I'm just like, oh, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> You'll get it, and I'll read all of them. Oh, um, thank you, Alexis. <laughs> this was so nice. I know this was too for me and I am literally so appreciative of you meeting with me and I would love like, you know, when, cause I'm not going to say if, when you become, you know, huge and you are just having TV shows and movies and the whole nine yards. I hope that we can have you on sip and vibe again and talk about, you know, the differences between the movie and the book and that type of stuff. Cause you know, those are always fun. Absolutely. And yeah, let me know if you ever need any influencer extras. <laughs> definitely. No, I definitely – that's why I found that episode of yours so interesting. Next time that I'm like, wait, but how do they actually do this? I'm going to be like, Alexa. Yeah, please let me know. I'm happy yeah. to, like, help you with any type of, um, you know, letting you know how I get brand collabs or, like, any of that type of stuff. That Totally, I'm into it. Thank you. Um, is there anything else that you want your followers to know about your book followers or my followers to know? Is there any – takeaways or anything you just really want to get across? The only thing I want my followers to know is that I'm sorry that you followed me and I haven't posted like <laughs> for many weeks, but I promise when my kids go back to school and the pandemic is officially over, I will be a better social media follow. <laughs> there you go, girl. And if not, you have my social media company and you can't do it by yourself anymore. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so, so appreciative of you. I'm so like happy for all of the stuff that's coming into your life. I know it's going to be amazing. And I look forward to watching your growth. 
Oh, thank you, Alexis. That's very sweet. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Talk soon. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this amazing episode with Megan Angelo, the author of Followers. I will be back with a new episode next week. Until then, keep vibing.